Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. What is happening, man? I am JP, your host. Joining me, as always, the COVID-infected Nick Martin. What's up, guys? (laughs) Are you feeling better yet, Nick? I'm feeling a lot better today than I was yesterday. Good, good, good. Joining us today is... Well, I'm pretty excited for this guy. Um, He is at a level where we would like to be one day. He's a comedian. He's a podcaster. He's just an all-around great guy. And most importantly, at least he better be because he's on the dad cast. He is a dad. Welcome to the show, Ryan Sickler. What's happening, man? Hey, man. Thank you for having me. Wait, did you for real just get COVID now? Literally, as (laughs) right when we started talking. I didn't fucking even know people were still getting it. Uh, yeah, apparently my whole family got it. Holy <laughs> shit, there's yeah. people are still getting it. It's fucking terrible. I don't mean to laugh at you because I was like, man, everybody else had it. No, no, I thought I dodged a bullet. I thought I was good. I was going to say, you've been able to avoid COVID for 15 months and then got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sucks. I blame my daughter to hear that. Yeah. She goes to school. The high school had That's it. 384 kids ended up getting oh, it. Oh, fuck. And uh, <laughs> she got it home. So, yeah, I'm like, thank you. That's a whole senior class. Right? Yeah, it is. There is no graduating happening this time. Shit. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. All right. Nobody wants to hear about COVID anymore, but I am truly sorry. I hope you guys are good. Oh, man. Yeah, we're getting better. It is no joke, though. It is definitely. Yeah, I still don't have my smell. It's been since mid-December. I still have zero smell. And we're in, yeah. what, June? Seven months I've been without smell. Six, oh, seven months. Wow. That sucks. Yeah, I, got, I lost my smell and my taste. So, yeah. That's, yeah. I got vaccinated. My second shot was a day before Cinco de Mayo. I remember because I was really worried that I wasn't going to be feeling good for tacos uh, the next day. And. Two weeks ago, I'm trapped in a car with Nick, road trip, together, six hours. We had no clue at this point he was infected. He calls me three days later, says, uh, I got the Rona, and I, and I had the shot, and I wasn't feeling good. So I was like, I wonder, this is a good little uh, scientific experiment in real time. People who get the vaccine, are you going to get it? But turns out, I went and got tested, still negative. So I think the Boom. vaccine, it worked, at least for us. But yeah. well, enough. Lost you. They got the vaccine. Enough. And they didn't get it, so... Enough of the Rona talk. Mr. Ryan Sickler, uh, the goal and the whole point of this podcast, DadCast, is, of course, uh, we are dads who speak with other celebrity dads and friends and fans. Basically, if you're a dad, you're good to go on the show. And uh, we try to do our best to talk about our kids and our journey and the path that is fatherhood for each of us. But we do typically tend to go off the rails. You run a podcast. You know how it goes. So just forewarning there. The very first question and the most important question of all when being on DadCast is, how many kids you got, man? I have two. I claim two. I have a daughter and I have a stepson who is my daughter's brother. They're half brother and sister. And we're still very, very, very close. That's awesome. How old are they? My daughter is six and uh, her brother is 17. Wow. He just graduated. Yeah, he just graduated high school like a couple weeks ago. So you got that. A week ago. You got that little baby girl, man. Me too. I, uh, mm-hmm. mine, she just turned eight years old okay. and, uh, it's, isn't it great? I mean, being, I love it is it's being a father to a daughter. I mean, don't get me wrong. Being a father to a son's really cool too. They're all amazing, but there's just something real special about girls and being a father to those baby girls, man. I mm, love it. I miss her. I've been in Vegas three days and now I'm just, I just want to go home. I won my money. We ate our food. I want to go home and be with my kids. <laughs> Uh, that's the way I am, man. I don't, uh, I don't long to be out on the road. I don't long to hang at the clubs late at night and chit chat and, 
you know, probably part of that has been detrimental because I don't, um, you know, I don't play that game of, uh, ah, if I don't have a spot, then I'll just go hang out at the club and, and socialize and be seen and all that. And I'm like, no, I'm going to hang out with my fucking kid. You know, mm-hmm. I want to, I'll play Candyland tonight. I'll play Uno. I'll play, you know, hide and seek. I'll play whatever she wants to play. I'd rather do that. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, look, I grew up without parents. Uh, my dad died when I was 16. My mom had left the family before that. So for me, all I want to really do and be successful at is being a good father. And I also know that that is a long term job. Man. Oh, yeah. We, we, we could all be great parents for 10 years and shit for the next 30, you know? So it, it's year by year, day by day, month by month. Um, I just try to be the best I can. I don't yell. Like my daughter, when I raise my voice, my daughter will look at me. She's like, you don't really raise your voice. And I go, I'm allowed to raise my voice. I can raise my voice when you're not listening, but I won't. I'm not going to yell at you. Yeah. You know? Um, well, I wish I, I could say I have that. that discipline. Well, she's only six. I can't say I'm going to keep that discipline. You know, <laughs> so she's far. 16. Yeah, 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 exactly. See, I, exactly. I've also got exactly. a 16-year-old. I'm saying I'm perfect. Yeah. I have a 16-year-old stepdaughter as well. So I'm sure at some point uh, the young one will get to that point and will be yelled at because there's been plenty of yelling when it comes to the 16-year-old daughter. And uh, yeah. I pray for you, man. I do. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll take all the prayers. Yeah. I, I try not to now. I know more of it's coming. Um, you know, I've had other parents whose kids have fucked up around me and I'm like, look, man, I'm here to support. I, I know my kid's going to fuck up. I'm not going to sit here and shit on you right now. Cause my turn's coming. I don't know when it is, but remember that I behave this way. Right. But it's my turn to eat the shit sandwich you know <laughs> what is your uh what is your schedule like as far as uh your stand-up and your podcast and everything that you do um does it allow are you home every day essentially except when you go out on tour yeah i try to be you know i have uh, split custody of my daughter so i'm 50 50 but i am 100 percent in all of it um it's just me you know for Five years now, I've been a single dad. And when I have her, it's just me. I don't have help. I don't, you know, my daughter's mom lives next door to Lana, who owns the music store here where I rent. So, you know, if she forgets, I was just telling my friend this, if she forgets something, hey, can you girls watch Stella real quick? I'll run to the store. If I forget something, it's like, we got to get back in the fucking car and we got to go get the, we got to go get it. You know what I mean? Like there's been no, it's been every diaper, every bath. I, I, I really have been, I feel like I hit menopause because <laughs> I've been going through this thing where um, I, I've been patting myself on the back. I, I beat myself up all the time, but I've been patting myself up on the back. I, I happen to, you know, when you go through your phone, some old photos came up of my daughter when she was one. And I was, I looked at her and I was like, holy fuck, you were one years old. Or one year old. I don't like when people say years because it's a singular year. I can't believe I just did that. You were a year <laughs> old. And I did all that. Yeah. I did all that. I potty trained. I got you off pacifiers. I did every cut, every diaper, every bath, every meal, every book, every everything. I did that. And I, I got all emotional about it. And I was like, good for you. Good for fucking you, man. You did that for five years. And it's gone by like that. But yeah. at, at times, back to your your question, my schedule has been very different over the last five years. Literally, 
I've had a writing um, and producing gig since I've lived in Los Angeles. People call it a day job. I call it a fucking job. Like, what are you talking about a day job? It's a job. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what time of day it's done. It's a job. So I would do that. I would leave in the middle of that to go podcast and record at my studio that was around the corner on my lunch break. I'd come back. I'd put an extra hour in at the day. I'd drive then to the comedy store, knock out a set. In between, I'm getting my daughter from school, taking her home, getting her dinner, getting the sitter to come over. Sitter's there. Boom. Here's what I need you to do tonight. Make sure she's in bed by this time. I'll be back. I'll FaceTime when I get there and check in. I go do my show. I leave. I come home. I climb into bed. I go to sleep. That has been my life for five years. On top of that, I've got podcasts, stand up. I sold two TV series. And I just remember hearing these dads and these parents be like, yeah, once you have a kid, your dreams are over. But what if that's your dream? That is my dream. What do you mean it's over? For me, it's just fucking starting, you know, and I want to bring her into that. And I have her. This is a family environment. You know, my daughter comes to the studio. Lana's kids come to the studio. We're doing, um, um, what do you, nonprofit work right now. We have a nonprofit called Otta where we work with at-risk youth in Santa Monica. I've started teaching them podcasting. We also just started, I created a curriculum for the Culver City High School kids to teach podcasting class. Um, and we recorded the governor or governor, Jesus Christ, the mayor of Culver city and the chief of police. Uh, we made two full episodes for these kids and showed them what live switching was and what, how to edit and graphics and cameras and everything. So we're teaching them. If you don't want to be in front of this camera or behind this mic, you know, the people on the other side are just as valuable. The people that know lighting and editing and audio, you know, you can't discredit. Yeah, exactly. I, you can't. I know. Cause I do it all. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different jobs that that can be in podcasting. And to me, podcasting is not going. I keep saying it's replacing journalism. And what I mean by that is that garbage clickbait bullshit that you see people throw up online. That's not journalism. You know, anyone can do that. That's today's National Enquirer. That's right. That's right. It's exactly what that is. The star and all that shit. But it's in your face a thousand times a day instead of at the goddamn uh, rack at the grocery store once, you know, a week. So, um, you know, I just love being a dad. I've been in this this mode of hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, People kept saying it wasn't possible. And I was like, it is. I'm going to figure out a fucking way to do it. And I have. Um, And now. You know, right during the pandemic is when I went all in on myself. I was like, fuck it. I'm not doing these writing gigs anymore. I'm just going to invest all in me. So now I love my life. I work for me. I take notes from no one. It's the most successful I've ever been because all the fucking people who've never done what we do, I'm not listening to them. I'm no longer taking your notes. They're irrelevant notes because you don't walk in my shoes. You have never done this. So you're a viewer there's a big difference between being a viewer and a creator. You know, I'm trying to give the viewer what they want. I don't give a fuck about your notes. So I work for myself. Now I am on my own schedule. I have my days to do what I want to do. Whoops. Sorry about that. You know, I work for me on my days. I don't work five days a week anymore. If I don't have to, I just like to do this shit. So I'll do as much as I can, but 
I'm here at the studio all the time, starting another show. I've already started two this last year. I'm starting another one or two more. Um, I did a series. I'm in the middle of post-production now on a series with my stepson. Um, he needed uh, hours for his driver's license. And I was like, well, I fucking need content. So oh, I watched the videos <laughs> yes. on GoPros and everything. And I threw them in the car and outside the car. And we have a series we're doing called Learner's Permit, where just like three to five minute videos. We That's- drive around. He learns about me. I learn more about him and a little and a lot, you know, a lot of it's not about the driving, but that's the whole fucking point. You know, yeah, I, awesome. I have an exact I had that exact same idea and I ended up shooting it down literally 15 seconds into it. Uh, the stepdaughter, <laughs> she had her permit. <laughs> and I have this is God's honest truth as to the day I die. This is exactly how it went down. The very first time. I let her drive the car with her permit. We're not 30 feet out of the driveway. I thought it would be a brilliant idea. Let's let's record this. Let's Facebook live this thing. Um, mentioned this before on the podcast. So if you've seen this before, I'm sorry I'm repeating the story, but it's good. Um, she goes right through an intersection. There's no stop sign in my neighborhood, but it's one of those things that you know to do as an experienced driver. You know, there's a cross street. Slow down. Look. Nope. Here I am. I pull it out and she's going right through the intersection and I flip out, start cussing, screaming, and which causes her to panic and her anxiety kicks in and she doesn't want to do it anymore. And I'm like, you know what? I want to put this phone away. Camera's gone. You have my full attention. We're not going to do that again. <laughs> so, you know, kudos to you for getting through that one, man. Man, I'm telling you, he scared the shit out of me. Right? I'm like, you just ran through a crosswalk. He's like, no, I didn't. And you can see it flashing <laughs> behind right? us. I'm like, it's flashing. It's flashing. <laughs> oh, man. I've got my late. So we're in a hotel room. Got her license today. So there's that. Yeah, you know, I saw the pictures, again? man. Yeah. Turns out the DMV guy said I'm a good teacher. So. Yeah, but we all know it's your wife who's been teaching her. Shut up, JP. <laughs> <laughs> what is, I'm really curious because you, I mean, obviously you are with the Honeydew podcast. Very, very, very successful podcast. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier that you are actually now teaching um, kids how to podcast. Yeah. If you could nail down, if one thing, what is the most important thing behind a successful podcast? Not even successful, just what's the most important thing when it comes to doing a podcast in the mind of Ryan Sickler? All right. Um, is that even possible to say one thing? Because well, I can, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I am going to answer that question, but I'm going to tell you the most difficult thing. And I wish there was a solution for it. And I've got who I think is the best person in the world. But scheduling is the biggest pain in the fucking ass to get two, three people in the same room for 60 fucking minutes. For the last 10 years I've been podcasting has been absolutely the biggest challenge. More than getting fucking sponsors, more than getting people to pay attention. It's been trying to get these people in a room to have these conversations. So I have a, a booker, um, Emily LaFord, who is the shit. Um, and that has helped me tremendously. But even still, people cancel, people reschedule the whole night. So um, I think having someone help you with booking and taking that stress off of your uh, plate is is really good. Now Do you hear him, Nick. Going going back to uh, hey, we've got a team. We're good, man. <laughs> a little more practical, I would say. Well, the biggest thing is consistency. Um, I think you need to pick a day of the week 
and fucking stick to it. And if you're a weekly podcast and I haven't missed an episode ever in over 10 years, I've never missed one episode. Um, and I record ahead, you know, sometimes I'll record two, three at a time and keep it because I go on the road or I'm a parent. I got to do this. Show. I'm going out of town or we're going on vacation, you know. So uh, fortunately for me, my episodes mostly rem- are, are pretty much evergreen. You can go back and listen to yeah. someone tell their life story. We're not talking about topical Super Bowls and Coronas and these things and that thing. So um, I believe consistency and I believe you know, I'll date myself, but I know back in the day, Sopranos was Sunday night. The Wire was Sunday night. You know, I knew what my I was watching that night. These days now you can watch whenever the fuck you want. But if I know audio drops on Monday, video drops on Tuesday. That's my honeydew is Tuesdays. My Monday morning, Bill Burr, my YMHs are Tuesdays, you know, that sort of thing. People especially in the podcast world, they, they have their shows uh, just like the ladies used to have their soaps. Yep. Remember, you know what I mean? I used to live in this all black building in Baltimore. With my brother, we we're the only white guys in this whole building. And the ladies would always talk to me in the afternoon. Like I'm watching my stories. <laughs> yep. I, didn't, I didn't know what my stories was until they were like, Oh, the, oh, oh you mean the soap operas? Like, yeah. My stories. I was like, Oh, okay. Watching yeah, stories. So yeah. People that's... have it like that. You know, I think people set up their, I'm commuting. I think the world is getting back to normal now. So people are starting to get, I go to work and I ride the train or the bus or I drive. So I listen to this. I've got, you know, on the way home, I might finish it tomorrow. I'm going to listen to this or that. Um, So consistency, I think consistency, but also I think that's one of the biggest things in life, you know, and being a parent is being consistently there, consistently um, involved genuinely involved in what they're interested in and just being there. That's it. Relationships work consistent, 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 and then be undeniable. All right. There you go, Nick. Right, did you so write I that down? Ask. Huh? Did you write all that down? I did. Yeah. It's, it's because, <laughs> you know, I already knew the answer to the question in my mind. And it's basically, you know, you hit it nail on the head. I've worked radio for 20 years of my life. This whole podcast adventure, albeit new ish for us is still just sitting behind a mic doing our thing. You know, I've been right. doing this forever and you got to be there. You ain't kidding. You know, people will say, well, I need the lighting to be perfect. I need, I need everything. The, the audio that you know, it helps, you know, having good sound, especially with the podcast, pretty important, but bottom line, you can still get away with it and be very successful doing this off your phone. If you had to, I mean, you're doing it right now. You look great. Mm-hmm. Thank you, man. It ain't easy to make me look good. <laughs> I know, man, I work in radio. I have a face. I got the face for radio, right? <laughs> me too, bro. Let me say this real quick. I listen to Gary V. I love Gary V's yes. advice. And one of the things Gary V said, and I'm guilty of this myself, is that perfection is just another form of procrastination. If you're always wanting that light perfect or this perfect, that you're never going to put the shit up. And you're never going to get out there. So one of my point, one of my favorite YouTubers of all time, I, I'm pretty certain you're going to know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And if not, I'm going to be surprised. But Casey Neistat mm-hmm. said, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. That's right. It, and it's so, so exactly, you know, as long as you're st- putting stuff out, that's good and it's not perfect. That's fine. But if Look, you're waiting to do perfect, you may studio, never put it out. 
Yeah, we we got in the studio at first. We the lighting wasn't, you know, we just got in here in the middle of a pandemic after being looted in the riot, all that bullshit. And it's like, are we going to hold off for three weeks because Amazon's behind? They don't have the perfect mic hold. No, we're going to release an episode. Go ahead. Shit on the studio all you want to, but you're watching something mm-hmm. that you get the shit on <laughs> and it's fucking free. Yep. And it's not free to give you a free show right. at all. You know, I'm Nick, you were about to say something, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. So, well, we've got him on. I've got to know. So, you work with a bunch of my heroes, Burt Kreischer. Oh, Tom here Spira, we go. Bill Burr. What is it like? Like, I watched The Cabin with Burt Kreischer. I want to go to The Cabin. <laughs> I, I want to go, go to The Cabin, cabin bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I recorded with Burt a few months ago before he left for um, Serbia yeah. to shoot his movie. So, that episode will be coming out soon. Sweet. I co hosted Two Bears with him. Burt's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom and I go back for I mean we go back to kids like I just hung out with them Saturday. it's funny he hit me up he was in town he's like look man I'm going to this thing come I, we haven't hung out outside of comedy and working in it's been years it's been mm-hmm. years because it's always work or something uh, Bill Burr is fantastic it's just awesome it's awesome to walk up to it you know look I'm still a fan at the end uh-huh. of the day and yeah. You know, to be able to walk up to the comedy store and see the fucking comedians, some of them you grew up as a kid watching, their names, the pictures, the stories, you know, just all of it is, it's fucking awesome. I love my life. I haven't, I haven't loved my life. I'm telling you, this shift is, I'm, look, man, it took me 48 fucking years to get here. I don't know how many I have left on this fucking side of that 48, but I'm hoping to run it until the wheels fall off the way I want to do it the rest of the way. You know, yeah. I've done it all the way this way, but now it's the ideal way. And yeah, I get to, I like, you know, I'm going to uh, a show Friday night. It's got a bunch of great comics on it. Sunday night, a bunch of great comics on it. I'm at the comedy store and the other night, Mike Tyson and Bobby Brown are hanging out in there. I don't know what Bobby Brown's doing there. He's got more shit to worry about. I should get his yeah, ass home. Yeah. But Mike Tyson was fucking in there. Um, you know, and it just feels like life is starting to come back. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a whole new Austin um, community now. I mean, it was always there, but it's much bigger and more profiled now with everyone that had moved there. So that's exciting to be able to go to a new area that embraces comedy like that. Right. Um, it's awesome, man. It's fucking awesome. It's, you know, it's hard work. Obviously this shit's not easy. And if you're doing it right, you're getting up and you're being vulnerable and you're really talking about hard shit in your life and figuring out how to make it relatable and funny to people who may, may or may not even know who the fuck you are. Or yep. Even if they know who you are, they don't know, may not know your story. Um, and it's just amazing to, to be able to, to be able to, work that art in front of people and then people come up and go, man, that was really fucking good. And like, you like my shit? Like that one joke you did, I'm like, you you remember that joke? You know, <laughs> that blows me away. Yeah. I you just, know, I feel like if I was just some guitarist and Jimi Hendrix fucking came up to me and was like, man, that was awesome. I'd be like, huh? You know, I, I wouldn't. It still blows my mind. I'm still very humble. I'm still very, uh, I can't kind of believe it. Um, I never think anyone knows who the fuck I am. I never think anyone knows what I do. I mean, people still mess my name up all the time. 
They, the, the guy brought me out on stage recently to, you've seen him on the honeydew. Motherfucker, I host the honey. I hope you saw me on it. It's my show. <laughs> I oh, hope dude. I was on. Oh, man. So, Nick, it's you, awesome. you, were, awesome. you appeared on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, correct? Who, Ryan? No, no. Yes. I, Nick, Mom, I would I know you if you've been on Joe Rogan. I you said Nick, too. Mom, not that I, I know of. you, Nick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been on Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, which, you know, that was the beginning. Like Tom and those guys, here's what I love about comedy right now. There's, there, there, you see a lot, like you see Bert is over in Serbia. And instead mm-hmm. of just putting one person in that seat, they're rotating people in and helping people out. And they're broadening not only their resources, but they're bringing so many. You got Felipe co-hosting. You got Tim Dillon co-hosting. I co-hosted Two Bears. Um they, they got them rolling through. So you're getting an opportunity to see all these different comedians and then go check out their shows. Like, I love it. I love that part of it. Um, but yeah, they're all good guys. I don't have beef with anybody. Everybody's super cool, super chill. They're funny. I mean, look, they're all, it's always funnier off stage, especially these oh, yeah. days. Like <laughs> comics are still comics and they're going to fucking say the foulest, most fucked up shit you've ever heard and they could never say on a microphone even before cancel culture you couldn't say the shit <laughs> comics are fucking saying in the green room so i love being part of that fraternity and uh i love uh, you know do you cuss in front of your daughter i try yes the answer is yes but not i try my best not to but i don't drop f bombs shit i'll i'll say shit i'll say damn but i also um, let her listen to real music. I don't listen to the kids bop version. She's got that at school. We're listening to, she's like, I want to hear Justin Bieber. Well, I didn't know this damn song. He's like, um, he says, you so fucking something. I turn around, look at my daughter and she just laughing. She knew it was in there. And I go, Hey, you know, those are adult words. She's like, I know. I go, you can listen to music, but you don't, you don't repeat that. She's like, all right. That's awesome. I remember, I remember being, I'll never forget this moment. My dad wanted to take me, my two brothers and his mom, my grandpa to see stand by me when it came out. And we did, we all went together, my dad, my grandma and us three boys and you remember that movie. They're cussing. Fuck, fuck. They're looking at a dead body. They're in mm-hmm. middle school, you know? And my grandmother keeps leaning in. She's like, kids don't talk like this. And my dad's over there going, yeah, they do. <laughs> and and we're like, we know. We talk like this. And my dad was like, I know you do. And it's fine as long as you don't talk to other parents, teachers. That's it. If I don't have to show up and have to hear about it from another adult, we're good. And I was like, you're never going to have to. Boom. That's a good yeah. rule to follow. My son, he's 10. Uh, he's starting to get, he's almost 11. And, you know, lots of online gaming, especially during the whole pandemic. Oh, man. And I can't, you know, a few times walking down the hall, I'd hear him talking. And all of a sudden I hear the F-bomb drop and went, did he just? From him? Yeah, from him. Yeah. And I yeah. opened the door, look at, what did you, I didn't do it. I'm like, <laughs> I just heard you, kid. <laughs> Literally, but it, but it wasn't me. Like, and then who the hell was it? Was it, it? It's all good, dude. Just try to keep it to a minimum. I know you're playing with your friends, but come on. It's like you're gonna get in more trouble for lying than it. Man up, man. Own it. But I say all the time. Own it. 
Yeah. And everything's going to be so much better that way. And it's such a lesson that is hard to ingrain on these kids. It's the fear of getting in trouble just obliterates any logic that goes to the mind of a child. And I, I wish it would be different. I mean, just like Nick, his kids are scared to death of him. I'm kidding. Come on, man, Nick. He's like, he's like what? I'm like, yeah, I'm scared to death of my kids, dude. Yeah, right? I know. Especially when they get those teen years, man. Oh, does know, does man, uh, does your daughter... Freaking me out. <laughs> does your daughter have any understanding, Ryan, of the, who you are? You know, you're, you're, you're kind of famous out there in the world, or is it just you're no, just dad? First of all, I'm not famous in any way. I want to make this clear. I say I'm, how many how many YouTube subscribers do you have? I don't know. Over 100,000. You're pretty famous, man. No, let's talk about let's talk about fame. For a minute, I have been having this conversation with a lot of comedians. Right. There's a lot of comedians out there right now that are way full of them fucking selves and don't understand what fame is. Fame is Michael Jordan. Fame is being able to walk down a street in China and people run out and go, that's fucking Michael Jordan. That's fame. Popularity is different. All right. And you may be popular in comedy but you're not fucking famous. If I walk out in this parking lot right now and I go, Hey man, how you guys doing? This somebody's going to be like, who the fuck are you? Move your truck. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I'm not famous in any way. And neither are most of the comedians. The famous comedians are the guys in that 1%, the Chappelle's, the fucking Chris rocks, the Seinfeld, the Eddie Murphy. Eddie like, Murphy. That's, yeah. that's fame. That's fame right now. Um, and then there's right under that. You know, popular in comedy. You go over to a metalhead in music and ask them who this comic is. They're gonna be like, I don't know who the fuck that is. That's to me, that's not fame. So my daughter doesn't. Know, I'm dad. You yep. know what I mean? And I don't care if I do become famous. I still just want to be dad. I don't want to be anything. You know, Will Smith to me seems to be a really good fucking dad to his kids, and he's not taking himself too seriously these days. I love seeing he's like, I'm the fattest I've ever been posting <laughs> yeah. a picture. Like, oh, shit, I like seeing that humbling shit, great. <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm just dad, and I'm just, uh, she knows, she knows I do stand-up comedy. She's like, are you going to do a show? And, like, there's nights, like, right before I'm about to go on stage, I'll FaceTime the sitter, yeah, and I'll I'll put the phone right through the curtain so she can see how many people are out there. I'm like, there's, I'm with Tom tonight. There's 2,000 people, and she'll see it. And she's like, oh, my God. And uh, and then I'll walk out right before I right those before moments. I'll, I'll hang up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I Facetime. You know what I mean? Like before, there's something pretty special about standing in a dark fucking spot while someone calls your name to walk through a curtain to perform in front of these lights for these people that have paid to be there. And you know, you don't ever get to share that moment with anybody but yourself. And now. I love it. I'm like, look, look out there. Yeah. If I can hear they're saying my name right now. And then I just throw my phone down and let it record and walk out there and do my thing. That's, that's pretty fucking awesome. That feels kind of rock starish to me to, to be able to include my daughter in that. And yeah. then as soon as I'm done, I'm back in the green room and I'm calling her and talking to her and laughing and, you know. So what is she? First grade? Just finished first grade? In, she just finished kindergarten. She okay. First grade. Yeah, she and got a late birthday. How did that go with the whole, I mean, for you, and I know California, it just <laughs> a bunch of crap last year. Not good no. at all. I went on Lexapro. 
for real. It put me in a funk because my daughter at the time is five. You yeah. know, she just turned six. So she doesn't know how to read. She's not a teenager. She's not self-sufficient. I can't say you better do your assignments. I'll check at the end of the day, see where we're at. I'm going to work. You know, right. well, my day, normally my day, custody day, she's at school. Right. And I'm able to work. Right. Exercise. I couldn't do anything. It's get up, sit your child down, and you become a teacher's assistant, and you fucking sit there, and you go through everything. Meanwhile, I'm not kidding you, 10 feet behind us is brand new construction on a four-story unit that's been going for eight months. Power saws, hammer, you know, the whole thing, nail guns. We can't, and they're like, go to a quiet place. I'm like, we can't go to a fucking quiet place. This is where we live, you know, and I'm not getting my kid up at seven in the morning to drive to the studio just so you guys can do two hours or an hour and a half of school and then tell me I got to do the rest. It fucked me up. It really put me in a, a, a different space. Uh, but still, I stayed through it and hustled it out and did it. But yeah, I talked to my doctor. I'm like, look, man, I'm in a, I'm in a dark, different place. You got to help me out here. So <laughs> I went on Lexapro and that shit worked because Christina Pajitsky told me to take it. All right. My girl, my girl. Yeah, we, and you're not alone. At all. Now, now multiply that by like three or four for Nick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. You got all these yeah. kids and not everyone has a computer. Everyone's on the fucking Wi-Fi. If the, these construction guys were constantly knocking our electricity out and shit like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I just. So yeah, that, that sucked. That I sucked. just wrote last year's last year off. Yeah, I was, yeah. At least the beginning of last year. You know, if the kids weren't doing well, I'm, you know, whatever. It's all good. That's what I told I, my daughter. She's like, don't even sweat it. Doing, like, now nah, we're going to go play now. Honestly, the, the kids suffered the worst. They, I remember when she went back to school, she's like, I don't want to go to aftercare. I go, listen, your ass is going to aftercare. Like, I'd rather put you in just aftercare right now than school because you missed human contact yes. and socialization with and, the kids. Yes, and learning about, you know, it's different when a teacher yells at you. It's like, oh, this isn't my mom or dad. So this isn't some shit about last week or whatever. This is real. This is just me fucking up right here, you know, or watching that kid over there get in trouble and being like, mm, I do not want to feel like that fucking kid. Yeah. You know, that kind of shit is important. We're going to have a bunch of Corona kids. Oh, it's going to be a bunch of kids running around doing crazy shit. I was a Corona kid right there. You know, uh-huh. are you are you are you thumbing that that statement right now? Ryan Sickler has, has coined the, the phrase Corona kids in 10 years, 10, 15, 20 years. Instead You'll of see. instead of those, you know, quote, those goddamn millennials, it's those goddamn Corona kids. Corona kids. God help us. I hope not. It's up to us as dads, at least on ours, to you know, not have our kids shit. become Corona kids. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the toughest thing with no human contact, just having the teenagers home and no friends. You're playing video games, watching TV all day. It's like, this is not what life is about. They need to be playing sports. They need to be around. Other yeah, teams. it's funny. You know how to socialize. And Can you like- imagine? Like, I would step back for a second and be like, man, if I was 15, 16 and this shit happened and I had to be in the house with my fucking parents. <laughs> what? I would lose my mom. Oh, man, there's yeah. no way. Especially. No way. Back in, you know, the late 80s, yeah, early yeah. 90s, when we were but that it's age. It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. We might be in yeah. our 70s if we're lucky enough to still be around, but that shit's going to happen again. So we just got to be careful. Well, thank God for technology on that when it comes to that. It's funny. My, when, when all this went down, 
my lady, she said, I have been working my entire life for this. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to see people. You know, I can stay at home and it's okay. Six months in, she's like, yeah, I'm kind of over yeah. this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm stoked to get concerts back. Be able to actually go see a stand-up comedian in person. Yeah. It's gonna I'm be excited badass. to have people. It's, yeah. you know, it's been, it's been fun to get back out there. Some shows here in LA are full capacity. If like you show your, um, your, uh, vaccination card or whatever. Um, other shows are still 50%, which it's not as, it feels like a failed show. If that makes right. any sense, a scattered around the room too. You yeah, know, it just it, feels it, like it's, it doesn't feel like it was, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, coming here in a couple of weeks and, and especially by September with, with football coming back and everybody right. being in the stadiums, like I think I honest to God, I really think 2022 to 2025 is going to be like our roaring twenties and shit is going to be popping off here in the next three years. Yeah. I'm a concert promoter on the side. So we were looking oh. like about six months ago, we started looking at the re- re-entering into the concert business and seeing the guidelines and stuff. And we're like, some of them wanted little bubbles. You're like, what the fuck is this shit? Like you have your little six people in a little like enclosed oh, square. No, no. I'm like, no, oh, no, this is. And then you know they let the fear get to them, like, man. Yeah, you got other promoters like I don't want to be the first promoter to throw a concert and be a super spreader. So you're like all these. Well, crazy they just have Foo Fighters at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And Chappelle came out. So wait a couple weeks, see yeah. those numbers, and if everything's yeah. all right, then let's right. go. The Foo yeah, Fighters. No, it's, it's looking good. We finally got some stuff coming yeah. happening in Oregon again, and it's it's looking good. like it's going to be full capacity. And so, Foo Fighters guys. just played in Agora. My, my, I grew up in Thousand Oaks, California. They did. So they that, did. that the, the Canyon Club, the, yeah, the Canyon Club, right there, up there, yeah. And uh, there was a big old. Here we go back into Corona all of a sudden. Uh, but Ricky <laughs> Schroeder, Silver Spoons, that that winner yeah. of a guy. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Ricky. Uh, he's out there protesting because the Foo Fighters demanded. You know, if if you're vaccinated, you're in. You're only getting a ticket if you are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. What is the problem? Why are anyone fighting that? You know, I didn't get a shot, so I can't go. Well, go get a shot. I'm going to throw this out there. Would Ricky Schroeder even go to a fucking Foo Fighters concert? Probably not. <laughs> Who knows? I doubt it. God, he'd probably not I'm even go sure to. They don't sing Christian music, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that, I saw that, and then they're doing the New York thing. I don't got a problem with it. And even if I wasn't vaccinated, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'm not one of those guys who's going to just throw a fit over something that, you know, dude, get a shot, deal with it. it if you're anti whatever, then, it, then don't go to the goddamn show. Simple, yeah. effective, hey, done. I got a shot and I didn't go to the show. Right. Shut the fuck up. I'm here <laughs> and I didn't go. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> what, where, where in LA are you? What, what town do you live in? Uh, I'm in Santa Monica, Santa Monica. That's where I am right now, where the studio is it's Santa Monica music store. How close are you to uh, the pier? Give or take. Oh God, we're on 19th Street, so 19 blocks. Okay, yeah, man, I love that's it's my old stomping grounds, man. I mm, I hear it's very, very different these days. How long have you lived in LA? <laughs> Let me tell you, this last year, Santa Monica changed. I saw more guns on in this block I I work in, in this liberal Santa Monica. Oh, yeah. I've ever seen in Baltimore fucking city when when that shit went down. I promise you that AR 15s were pulled out. Left and right in this liberal little left-ass town at the one of Second Amendment. Are we talking citizens um, doing that? 
Yeah, yeah citizens yeah. protecting their businesses. The guys across the street, um, they got theirs out. They're, they have a pharmacy, and they're Israeli, and they all went in the military as children, you know, they as young kids. And they're like, hey, <laughs> they're the nicest. They're like, bring the kids over. We'll show them the gun. And we're like, ah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> but, hey, but, hey, stand over there with that motherfucker. And two of them stood outside while their friends boarded the place up. Because they knew they were coming for their opiates and pills and everything else, and no one fucked with them. The guy down the street at the donut place, he's in a little strip mall. Right. He stood out front and just held it, just held it, and they looted every fucking store in that little strip mall but his. They didn't even bother him. They just kept on. Um, a guy up here, the uh, uh, just the two stores up, he was firing rounds up in the air to scare people off. That shit did not work at all. They didn't give a fuck. And I had a gun pulled on me right here on the corner. The guy walked over and pulled a gun on me. So I saw four of them in, you know, a block of here within 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Would they pull a gun on you for? You just trying to rob you or? They just said, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I'm, I'm here. You know, we, so long story short, we're all shut down and LA finally says, we're going to lift the curfew Friday night at 11 PM. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Saturday, we come in here. And we record day one in the brand new studio, Tom Segura. And we record two episodes just in case Orlando Brown Jr. from the Baltimore Ravens at the time with the Chiefs now. And the next day, they loot the place. The store gets looted. Everything gets stolen out of there. I'm up here grabbing a brand new equipment we just put in. And we're running it out through hundreds of people. Hundreds. And we're putting it in the car. We're grabbing cash boxes. Everything we can. And we try to just basically, we left this place basically cables and whatever else. And as I was in my car sitting and watching right before I'm leaving, just the fucking madness breaking through the windows and everything. This guy runs over with a gun fucking, he goes, get the fuck out of here, faggot. And I was like, mm, all right, that's time for me to go. And that was, I got hate crimed in the Black Lives Matter movement and I got the fuck out. Of there. <laughs> Ain't that a big contradiction? Jesus. Well. That is a story. I, I I can say that I was sitting on my couch in Oregon where I live now, and I probably witnessed that when it happened. I was, I mean, who wasn't glued? You didn't. I'll tell you why. There was, this is what everyone said. I didn't hear that on the news. And I was like, yeah, because that, you, do you know how the news works? They got to have a news crew yeah. come and cover it. And they didn't. The police pulled up out front and told that there's a strip of stores. They said, hey, if you have protection, feel free to exercise your second amendment rights. And then they drove off. Oh. Yeah. Down to the third street promenade. And then we were like, Oh, well, here comes the national guard. We're okay. They went right on bias. Here comes the fire department right on fucking bias. And they all went down to the third street promenade. I should point that way. Yeah. That's West to uh, protect, you know, the poor people, the Nordstrom's and the Nikes and the, you know, Macy's the Gucci's. And the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. people that don't have any fucking money. Not the <laughs> not the small mom and pop businesses that they like get wiped the fuck out. Yeah. And we're still reeling from it, you know, and honestly, still not allowed to have in-person music lessons because of the literal transfer of spit in your woodwinds, things like that. You know, you can't sit in a tiny room and teach somebody how to play a trumpet or a saxophone because you have spit going on. Now, was your uh, daughter, pretty, was that was that a non-custody day? I'm hoping. 
No, I had her that day. Oh. I called her mom. And her mom, like I said, we're all close. Her mom is still lives next door to Lana. And I'm like, so I had the Citizen app on my phone. I kept seeing these alerts pop up, like the store at the end of the street where I live got robbed. And then another one got robbed. And I was like, look, man, this shit's coming closer and closer to me. But you're more in the neighborhood. I'm right off of Santa Monica Boulevard. And uh, can I bring her over and drop her off? And then I'm going to go help Lana at the store. And that's what we did. And then at some point it just, you saw it. It was inevitable. It was hundreds of people rolling up the street in cars, on foot, bashing windows, breaking people's windows while they were in the street, in their cars, stopping in the middle of traffic, just angling, blocking everybody, grabbing whatever the fuck they wanted, running out of here with two guitars at a time. It was fucking insane. It was insane. And at some point, it just, you saw it getting took over and you had to go. Yeah. That was it. And then we came back. I came back at like 1130 at night when it was all done. And we all just started boarding up and getting to work. Wow. I'm speechless. And I'm typically not speechless. (laughs) This is a radio guy. That's like just... Yeah, I'm putting myself in that position, you know, as I'm trying to put myself in your shoes as a dad, but I can't, you know, I could just imagine how scary. I still can. I still feel like when I talk about it, I still feel like somehow I'm hovered above it watching it because it was just I've never seen anything like that. I hope I never see anything like that again. It's and the weird thing is the street where we are, there's some, some auto lots. So it's one of these wider streets that they, you can pull your car auto, car carrier on and uh-huh. bring the cars off. You know, it's a little wider. And they knew. They knew where they were going. You could see them all talking to each other. They're pulling up from every fucking direction. It was mass chaos. Hundreds of people just walking the streets, just fucking tearing shit up. All the way from... So what happened was it was a, a meeting of the good people who moved south from Santa Monica. And what was happening was these little cells were meeting where the good people met and then breaking off doing their own thing. So we never thought it was coming past Lincoln. Like that's right. eight fucking blocks. That's a long way to terrorize shit. They came out past 23rd. Like they were going and they just did it. And then the next day was the Valley. Yep. And you know, so everyone knew it was coming. That's the one that a lot of people saw because the news crews were like, Oh, well they're going to meet here and this is what's happening. We'll go there. And they were able to get some of that shit. Well, it even, I mean, it, that, what a time in history, man, because it trickled yes. all the way. I mean, everywhere. If we want to talk my community, it they there was the groups that did exactly what you do. You're talking about. They boarded up their businesses on Main Street. Mm-hmm. They were hanging out front with guns. There were protesters marching up and down. And for, luckily, thankfully, at least where we come from, the protesters were good. You know, they did it right. They did exactly how you were supposed to and how we'd expect it to be. And uh, very, very little incidents if that's what you want to call it in southern oregon but uh uh-oh i'm getting an internet connection is unstable message okay we're good anywho all right i'm gonna switch gears who's your favorite comedian of all time ryan richard Pryor. yeah okay all right that's yeah that's everyone's answer i'm mine oh who's your favorite comedian nick bob saget dude (laughs) (laughs) all right after growing up on Full House and then watching his filthy comedy, oh, like, that's the thing. A lot of people, amazing. a lot of people have no idea <laughs> yeah. how filthy he is. 
And they really don't. Entourage. It's like, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, he, he mentioned that earlier. So I took a picture of this little desk in the hotel room where I'm at and posted <laughs> on Facebook, say I'm getting prepared to do a podcast. <laughs> and Nick immediately texts me and says, it would be a whole lot better. And I quote, you know what? I'm just going to read it. It'll be way it's better really that nice. way. It's great. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to say it. Here we go. You need a glass table with some Coke on it, two half naked hookers and a few bottles of Jaeger and some Red Bulls in the background. And your pick would be perfect. LOL. <laughs> and, and what's my response? I'm a dad. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's tra- response was Nick. We're not. We're not twenty anymore, Bob man. Bob Saget's a dad. Yeah. Yeah. Then he mentioned Bob. Yeah. Then said Bob yeah. Saget's a dad to round up that whole point of that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, man, man. Oh, okay, I'm gonna ask the. Uh, the we're gonna end this real shortly here. Um, a couple questions. These are just randos and just. D- Okay. Sometimes it's called the Furious Five. Sometimes it's called the Fast Five. I swear it's not a movie. Just random, quick questions. And here we go. What's one thing Ryan Slicker? Sickler, I, God, it's hard to say. It is hard to say your name. What is one thing Ryan Sickler cannot leave the house without? Um, I mean my phone. Okay, there you go, Nick. Your turn. I'm gonna. I'm kissing my kids. Oh, now you're going with that, Greg. Yeah, you stole it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I interviewed George Throwgood a few years back yeah. when I was doing radio, and I asked that question um, to every single guest that came on. And I'm always looking for that unique answer, and so far to this day, that has been the one. He said he cannot leave the house without kissing his wife. And I went, oh, why didn't I think of that? That's so perfect. What if she's not home, though? Well, Dad, that's what I would I would love to say without kissing my kid too, but I only have her fifty percent of the time. So right? Sometimes I leave the house without kissing. Favorite sports team? Uh, Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. Are you a Joe Flacco fan? Yeah, of course yeah. I am. I'm a Raider fan, so it's like mm, it's hard. It's hard. In fact, found we, out today. Well, we play you guys opening Monday night. I know in off. Allegiant here in Vegas for the first I was one. Trying to fucking go. What's holding you? Did you get tickets? They too expensive. And I sold out. T- oh, eight hundred eight hundred and fifty dollars for the last row in the stadium, and yeah. it goes up from there. Ah, come on, for an opening. Look, I if if these owners are going to fucking gouge fans because they have one year off. Then fuck that, man. I'm not paying eight fifty for a regular season game just because yeah. it's Monday night and the opening night in the death star. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna sit at home. You know what? The just whoop your yeah. ass. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just got real. Oh man. I, okay, Nick. I need to call up Lindsay and I need to demand he give me his two season tickets for that opening game. So I can take Ryan and then shove it straight up his candy ass when they lose. I drove up to, uh, I took my stepson up to Oakland a few years ago. It was when we had Flacco and Steve Smith and, yep. uh, you guys beat us in that game. Yeah. Well, was if that was 2016, 2017, that's yeah. Raiders are pretty good for that They're, tiny oh, bitty glimpse, yeah, mm-hmm. but now it's back to shit. Like it's been since 2003. Oh man. All right. Favorite baseball team, if you have one. Or Orioles. Okay, so you're just sure. a Baltimore guy through and through. Oh, all, all day. All right. All day. Uh, you're, you're, you're stuck on a stranded island, but somehow there's a TV and a DVD player, and your choice of two movies that you can watch the rest of your life, what are they? That's a good question. Goodfellas 
And God, it's so tough. Goodfellas to me is like three fucking movies in one. Right. You know, you got the beautiful mafia, great shit. Then you got the fucking drug paranoia. Then you got the downfall and the ratting. So there's three movies in that one, which I like. As far as a, I would definitely pick a comedy for the other one. And I just, it's tough. Coming to America's great. Tommy Boy's fucking great. Goddamn uh, old school's great. I don't know which one I'd pick. One of those. All right. We're going one streaking. Yeah, one of those. There's no price. You can go to any concert of any band or artist, living or dead. Oh, or dead. Okay. Who are you choosing? Um, I would make it a festival uh, where Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Bob Marley. Um, who else would I want there? I, I, and uh, and uh, Metallica with Cliff Burton. Yeah, that's when the real bass so was, I got man. To see, I got to see them. Did I got you to see in seventh grade? My first concert ever was Ozzy Osbourne's Ultimate Sin and Metallica wow. Master of Puppets opened for him. Um, and Hetfield had a broken arm, and the guitar tech played all his shit because they were still young kids. Yeah, and Cliff died only uh, very, very shortly after that concert. I saw him. Yeah, my that first concert I'd see. My first Metallica concert came right after that, or yeah, a year or so. But uh, Justice for All, I was in eighth grade. Yeah, and I mean, come on, how mind blowing is that? Oh god, intimidating when you're you know thirteen, fourteen mm-hmm. years old, and what is that gigantic circle of humanity trying to kill each other in front of me? Oh, go into it. <laughs> yes, go into it. Enter. There it is. All right, Nick, you got anything, man? No, I don't. All right. I would just I would take Ricky Schroeder to go see DC Talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I feel like I should end it there, but I'm not. Now I'm kind of upset, though. I'm not going to get Ricky Schroeder to come on our podcast. He sounds kind of like a dick. Oh, come yeah. on. We butter him up. <laughs> you know, just tell him we got 100,000 followers on Facebook. You need you need the exposure, man. We'll we'll, we'll exactly. get you on, man. We'll take NYPD care of you. Blue's not coming back. <laughs> Silver Spoons is long gone, son. Long gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, of course, we have to drop the uh, hammer right off the bat and ask, uh, would it be out of question, out of the question to appear on your podcast one day, these two dads, even though we're not comedians, but we are funny looking? No, it's not out of the question. Okay. That's not a yes or a no, though, is it, Nick? <laughs> that was probably the most polite fuck you I've ever heard of myself. <laughs> Just get in touch with Ricky Schroeder's people and hit me up. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, that is that. Everyone, thank you. Uh, Ryan, thank you for coming on the show, man. We much Thanks appreciate it. You are amazing. We're a big fan, big fan of Honeydew uh, Project. Yes, it's it's, it's amazing. Um, everybody else, Max, you know what? No, 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 no. We can't end it on that. Please let everyone know who have not heard of Ryan Sickler, where they can catch all your stuff. What is the smorgasbord? You got a website? Yeah, for sure. RyanSickler.com is where you can find everything. Uh, the Honeydew Podcast is my show. Wait, why are we getting a call? Hold on. Still there? Yep. There we go. Yeah, I was getting, I was getting a call. Um, RyanSickler.com is my website. The Honeydew Podcast is my show. My Patreon shows the Honeydew with y'all, where I highlight the low lights with y'all. Regular people send in not regular stories. I'm telling you, <laughs> that show is something else. Um, 
Ryan Sickler on all social media. That's it. All right, go check them out, man. You'll really enjoy it. Honeydew Podcast. It's good, amazing stuff. And uh, as mentioned, not even two minutes ago, it's not out of the question where you'll see JP and Nick on that podcast. <clears throat> Everyone else. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you for hanging out. Ryan yeah, Sickley, you. you're amazing. You sound like a great dad. Keep that shit up. Uh, we need more of you in the world that are good dads. To make this world spin it. around and make it better. Nick, thank you as always. Ryan, you're amazing. Have a great rest of your day. And all of you, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for watching, man. See you.